0: even older stationary models with a separate mouthpiece and earpiece, this exhibit features a great range of artifacts showing just how sending and receiving messages has worked throughout Taiwan's past. The exhibit You Send, I Copy runs at Museum 207 until January 17th. I'm Curious John and I'll see you again next week.
1: Taiwan International. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight.
3: In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Joy Chen is one amazing woman. She comes from a very sportive family. Joy began horseback riding when she was little to the point of becoming an equestrian and competing. Then she quit when she was 20-something because she started helping out at her dad's company. She does have a major in finance, you know. Okay, so no more horseback riding for her. So what did she do? Joy took up surfing instead and got competitive with that too. Then once when she was in France to compete, she hurt herself before the competition. But she hasn't given up on surfing because now she helps young people who are surfers to encourage them in the sports, like signing them up for competitions. Today, we continue with Joy, telling us that when she got hurt, she thought it was no big deal until it took her a much longer time to heal. Wow, that rhymed.
4: So I, I thought I'd be out of the sport for maybe two months. Right. It ended up being almost two years. Oh. Did you have surgery? No. Wow. I mean, two years. I mean, you know,
3: I, I know about um sports, if you're on a school <clears> swim team, <throat> let's say you took a break for a week. You literally have to start all over again, like from zero. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, so, to keep up the Yeah, momentum. you're you're
4: you're exactly right. So when I was injured those two years was very difficult for me because I just basically lost everything I had. I lost all my muscles, my confidence in the water, I I lost my skills. So when I got back into the sport, which was kind of last year-ish, uh-huh. I really just started from almost from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that so that's also part of the reason why I started my uh, non-profit organization to promote the sport and to help other surfers. Yeah. Because I kind of saw my the end of my own, you know, athletic career right but i really i really i really like the sport i enjoy being in this environment i enjoy doing it i enjoy watching it Mm -hmm. and i'm also still very competitive at heart so yeah oh at heart okay Uh, at heart yes so yeah so everything just kind of led me to this new endeavor
3: yeah Wow, but you do surf occasionally, and it's yeah. okay. You just kind of just being gentle and being careful with your knees, that kind of thing.
4: Yeah. So, you- so uh, right now I, I still surf like uh, once a week. Okay. So which which is still pretty frequent, but the level of intensity is nowhere near where it used to be. But but I mean that's okay. I'm 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 in my thirties, uh-huh. thirty one this year. Uh huh. So I think it's okay not to be that hardcore in in the sport.
3: So, so you're also a coach, right, in surfing? Can, no, no, no. Would you no. call yourself? No, no. no. I'm no. not a coach. Okay, you're not. Okay, but but you you just started this um this nonprofit you know organization to yes. help you know these um you know other surfers, yeah. So so that they can pursue their dream of yes. maybe even like going to, is there an, an Olympic category? Yeah. Surfing? So
4: this is also a big element uh, that which is this is a big reason why I started this thing because. In 2017, which was the same year that I attended the big competition in France, um, the International Olympic Committee announced that surfing will be included in the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. The first time ever. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so it's it's actually a very monumental moment for the sport and for myself at that time. Right. Yeah, so just everything. And then, yeah. Yeah, just everything just came together. And then also, I... Had this whole uh, experience with horse riding growing up, so I think I'm very I'm very familiar with the, just the whole process.
3: But of course, the pandemic it's <clears throat> postponed to next year, the Tokyo Olympics. Oh yeah, yes. It, it's still they're still going to have the surfing category. They're still
4: having it, yes. Oh wow! Yeah. So you're working on that?
3: I mean, you're helping these other surfers. Are there any of them qualified to be? No, no, no. Oh okay, but because it's just exciting.
4: Yeah, Uh it's the first year for surfing to be in the Olympics, so they only have. Twenty slots for male and twenty slots for female. So, uh, for the whole world. For the whole right. world, yeah. yeah. Right. So you have to, you know, that's at the top, top, top of the world. Yeah. And then, um, if you look at Taiwan, we're actually quite far behind in terms of. Yeah. Yeah. Just the level uh, of the sport.
3: How many young surfers are you helping out right now? Currently, there is four of them. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, where do you guys surf? Because I know all I know is that there are great waves. In Taichung, but you can't be traveling down to Taichung every time.
4: No, no, no. So, so yes. Um, okay. So the three main surfing hubs in Taiwan are Yilan. Okay, well, Tait- that's not too far. Yeah, Taichung. Uh huh. Taichung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kanding. Okay, okay. So we do travel all around Taiwan for training.
3: Oh, we do. Okay. Yeah, because but you do have time for that uh, if you were to take time off from work.
4: Oh no, no, I don't. Follow you don't them. go. Oh, I don't you don't follow them.
3: them. Oh yeah, I don't follow them okay. so
4: no uh, the first uh, the first half a year I did when I just formed a team, I followed them even to uh overseas like Indonesia Australia oh. Japan, oh wow, but now I don't so after after the first year, things are more you know settled down, people know what they're doing, so I go back to work, uh-huh, yeah, and then oh, they wow. just they just continue doing what they okay. are supposed to do,
3: so your job actually uh for these four surfers is just to what I, I to... run the program you run the program what yeah. do you mean by that
4: so I, I organize our training schedule and oh. organize our competition schedule and then I, I I mean I have to manage a team right I have to pick the coach I have to manage the coach I have to it's, just a, it's a lot of people managing
3: oh yeah, yeah 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 wow that can be tough how old are these four surfers on the average
4: uh, on average it's 20 so we have two uh, young uh, really young kids ones 13. Thirteen, one's fourteen. Oh, okay. and then two older, two so two kids and two adults. Okay. So the adult guy is um he's twenty, mm-hmm. and then the uh, adult uh, woman is twenty seven. Uh huh.
3: And they, uh, for the two adults, they actually have normal jobs. Do they?
4: Um. So uh, one of them just graduated from school. Right. So I I kind of just it's I drafted him into the team. Okay. And then the woman who used to be, uh, she was a, a fitness trainer.
3: Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, so she's definitely very fit. Okay. Yeah, she's very fit, yes. Yeah. Extremely. And so, um, wow. And then those two younger ones, they're still in school. They're still so, in school, yes. So after school, they do training. Or on the weekends, I guess. they go only do uh, that. On weekends, yes. On so weekends. when
4: we uh, do group trainings, uh, they join us on the weekends. And then sometimes after school.
3: Uh-huh. I'm curious. I mean, training for surfing, um, does it all have to be in the water? Can there be other kind of trainings on the ground, but it helps with the surfing? You know yes. what I mean?
4: Yes, actually there is there is actually quite a lot. And it's something that uh my team have have we have been uh, developing. So actually just yesterday, we were training at the at an indoor and endless pool. You know, the ones where there's current and you're just Oh,
3: those are called endless pool. Okay. Endless pools, yeah. So yes, uh-huh.
4: we were training at the endless pool. It was indoor surfing. No, no. So so surfing has many elements, right? So well, a big part of surfing is paddling. Paddling, paddling. yeah. Right, right, yeah, when right. when you when you have to paddle out into the lineup and also right, face when you're down catching on wave. the right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's actually a big part, and it's a very fundamental part of surfing. Oh really? Okay. So a lot of people struggle, you know, especially beginners or intermediates. We struggle with uh, paddling; just mm. our paddling speed is too slow. Oh! So the conventional way people just say, "Oh, you, you just keep paddling and then you'll get faster," but actually, <laughs> that's not true. So, um, yeah, just yesterday we took our uh, athletes to the in- indoor uh, pool uh-huh. where there's a where we ha- where the man-made waves. No, they're not. They're not waves. It's uh, a man- oh. man-made current. So you're actually uh, okay. You're actually on the same spot. So, okay. Uh, moving. Oh. So yeah, we're paddling wow. on the pool. Okay. Yeah, and then there's uh, the the swim coach just looks at how we're paddling. And uh-huh. it, it, and then it made a huge it makes a huge difference, yeah.
0: You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lynn. I I really
3: don't know how judges judge, you know, surfing. How how do you how do you judge? Can you describe it?
4: Um, it's I have a, no a, idea. It's, it's I guess it would be similar to say ballet, where it's a point system. Uh huh. So you have a few judges for a, certain
3: moves, right?
4: No, so we have uh different levels of well, there are many elements into into that goes into your score, right? The kind of wave, there's wave wave selection. So you have to pick the bigger waves that's longer where you can do more maneuvers. Okay. So there's wave selection and then there's your riding. Uh-huh. So there's also a lot that goes into that, right? What we normally say is speed, power, flow. Okay. You have to have enough speed, power and flow. So that's the three, you know, basic elements and then also we look at the maneuver. Uh-huh. So there are different types of maneuvers and varying degrees of difficulty. Wow. So it's just it's judged based on many uh, factors
3: and how many turns? How many tries do you have each? Uh, so time?
4: each round is between fifteen to twenty minutes. It's fifteen or twenty or twenty-five. Oh, so yeah, each each round you have uh, between within two... that time slot. Yes, you
3: can try as many times, and then you know, then they give you the. Uh, I don't know. You do you accumulate all the scores or it's only to pick no, so, the So so
4: in within twenty minutes you have. Uh, you have twenty minutes, right? And then you you're you're against maybe two or three other surfers, uh-huh. and then yeah, you just try to catch the best waves, surf your best, and then okay. the uh so the half out of the four say for example, if there are four people, the two people with the higher score advances into the next round. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, so you advance. It
3: looks tough. Because you're kind of like going against nature. I mean, you don't know how the waves are going to (laughs) be. Yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, surfing is one of the most difficult sports for sure. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely for sure. Oh, wow.
3: Okay. So, how do you see these four? um, You know, um, yeah, surfers. What? What's? uh, Do they look that they have potential? I mean, um, how many boys
4: and how many girls? Or Uh, we have male and how many females? We have three guys and one girl. Uh huh. So if you're if you if you if you want to talk about potential. It's all relative, right? So uh these four surfers that I'm sponsoring, they're kind of already at the top of their game in Taiwan. Oh. But Taiwan is really far behind other the developed countries right. like Japan, Australia, Japan. USA. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Brazil. Uh-huh. So we have a long way to go if, you know, if if you're if we want to be like really yeah. on the top. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I think if you're saying if you look at really the top in the world i think taiwan still has at least maybe 10 20 years to go yeah it's not something that you just you know you think don't just... about
3: how old you will be by then
4: i know no seriously
3: but you'll still be very you know committed devoted and um, trained yeah i surfers. think so yes i think so yeah. yeah that is amazing this is so amazing do you guys like it when there's typhoon and the waves are really, really? No, that's dangerous, right? You don't do that.
4: Uh, uh, this is this is this is ground. There's a lot of grounds for debate. So, um, actually, if you if you go to most of these uh, developed uh, surfing countries, at the the best waves are before and after the typhoon, <gasps> during the typhoon season in the summer. Oh. Because in the summer, actually, there are, it's actually the ocean is flat, so the only swell we really get is from typhoons. But but then for non surfers, people always say, "Oh, it's really dangerous." Blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. Which is, but also not really because uh, surfers go before and after the typhoon. We don't go at the you know in the middle of the typhoon. Sure. And usually sur- the more advanced surfers they understand the ocean, uh, so they yeah. uh, they know what they're doing. Right. I know there are incidents of you know people drowning in in the ocean because of typhoon or, or because of the waves, but. Most of the time, those are tourists, so they're actually not surfers. They're are people who don't know the, who don't understand the ocean. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is really really exciting. That is so interesting. I had no idea. Wow, I'm sure that you've got these four very well insured. <laughs> yes, they got very yeah. Good we have insurance. insurance yes.
4: No, but, but yeah, you know, no. We don't we don't want them to be in that position. So, but no, it's uh we. Uh, safety obviously is very important for us and yeah. then usually for surfers um, we, we know how to take care of ourselves
3: sure yeah. and i suppose the 13th and the 14th i mean their parents are very supportive of what they're doing yes exactly that's a, that's very that's important huge, too right that's huge yeah <laughs> that's,
4: that's huge. critical for critical for, that's very critical yeah yeah, yeah.
3: This is really fun, Joy. Thank you so much. I've learned so much that I, you know, just surfing and equestrian. Well, we didn't talk much about a horse riding, but anyway, but that was really something. Yeah. Good luck. And um, I'm glad that even though you can't be in that sport yourself, but you're willing to give your time to the people that you think you know, what a potential and a love for the sport that you can really build up their confidence and even so to build up even more of their love for the sport and yes. maybe eventually be able to, I don't know, contribute to the country. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah that it is the goal, into- yes
4: <laughs> Contribute <laughs> to the sport. Yes. I think contribute that's that's sport. what I want to see. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good luck. And thank,
3: thank you. you so much. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Joy. Thank you, Shirley. Yeah. Um, I appreciate your energy and your positiveness. That really is inspiring. Thank you, thank you. I try. Okay, (laughs) thank you.
4: Thank you.
5: Classic shorts, poems, and stories from Chinese literature.
6: Hi, I'm Natalie So, the power of the pen. Even ancient Chinese emperors were afraid of it. A Tang Dynasty poet wrote about this power a long time ago and how that impact was displayed and destroyed by a certain emperor. Let's take a look at this poem by the celebrated Tang Dynasty poet, Li sung Ying. This poem is called the Han Monument. The son of heaven in Yuanhe times was martial as a god and might be likened only to the emperors Shrin and Shi. He took an oath to reassert the glory of the empire and tribute was brought to his palace from all four quarters. Western Huai for fifty years had been a banded country. Wolves becoming lynxes, lynxes becoming bears. They assailed the mountains and rivers, rising from the plains. With their long spears and sharp lances, aimed at the sun, but the emperor had a wise premier by the name of Du, who, guarded by spirits against assassination, hung at his girdle the seal of state and accepted chief command. While these savage winds were herring the flags of the ruler of heaven, generals Suo, U, Gu, and Tong became his paws and claws. Civil and military experts brought their writing brushes, and his recording advisor was wise and resolute. 140,000 soldiers fighting like lions and tigers captured the bandit chieftains for the imperial temple. So complete a victory was a supreme event. And the emperor said, To you do should go the highest honor and your secretary, U should write a record of it. When Yu had bowed his head, he leapt and danced, saying, "'Historical writings on stone and metal are my special art, "'and since I know the finest brushwork of the old masters, "'my duty in this instance is more than merely official.' And I shall be at fault if I modestly declined. The emperor, on hearing this, nodded many times, and Yu retired and fasted. And in a narrow workroom, his great brush thick with ink, as with drops of rain, chose characters like those in the canons of Yao and Shun in a style as in the ancient poems Qing Miao and Shem Ming. And soon the description was ready on a sheet of paper. In the morning he laid it with a bow on the purple stairs. He memorialized the throne. I, unworthy, have dared to record this exploit for a monument the tablet was 30 feet high, the characters large as dippers. It was set on a sacred tortoise, its columns flanked with raggans. The phrases were strange with deep words that few could understand. And jealousy entered and malice and reached the emperor. So that a rope a 100 feet long pulled the tablet down and coarse sand and small stones ground away its face. But literature endures, like the universal spirit, and its breath becomes a part of the vitals of all men. The Tong plate, the Confucian tripod, are eternal things, not because of their forms, but because of their inscriptions. Sagacious is our sovereign, and wise his minister. And high their successes, and prosperous their reign. But unless it be recorded by a writing such as this, how may they hope to rival the three and five good rulers? I wish I could write ten thousand copies to read ten thousand times till spittle ran from my lips and calluses hardened my fingers and still could hand them down through 72 generations as cornerstones for rooms of great deeds on the sacred mountains. That was Ling Sang-ying, a Tang Dynasty poet, writing about the power of words. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Shorts.
2: You're listening to News Playlist. We've queued up some of the most interesting reports for you, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International.
7: Welcome to News Playlist. I'm Paula Chow, your program host. Today we have a story about a beef noodle soup contest and why late President Li Denghui's project may produce Taiwan's premium beef. And we will be introducing you to the Perseid Meteor Shower and a program for Taiwan's international goodwill ambassador. But first up, we have two animal-related stories. A female Formosan black bear was recently rehabilitated and released back into the wild.
5: You might think you're looking at a still picture, but take a closer look. This bear's ears are moving. She's a shy one, she is, but she just needs a little time to get familiar with her surroundings. A sniff here, a sniff there, a brave first step, and then she's off. The bear's caretakers can't help but get a little emotional. After all, this bear has come a long way since they took her in back in April. She was discovered caught in an illegal trap. Her front paw was severely injured. Now, after three months of treatment and rehabilitation, her caretakers are finding out that she's quite the adventurous one. After professional evaluation, she was deemed fit to return to the wild. The Taitung Forest District Office says that the entire rescue and rehabilitation process went very smoothly. A number of organizations, including a university, the National Airborne Service Corps, and the Taiwan Black Bear Conservation Association, came together to make sure this little bear can live a bearable life in the forest. Leslie Liao, RTI News.
7: it's breeding season for sea turtles. Recently, some baby sea turtles were discovered at a beach in southern Taiwan, but they got lost trying to find their way to the sea. Fortunately, some vets and coast guards arrived there in time to help them along.
3: Over the weekend, beachgoers in Kanding found baby sea turtles on Tawan Beach in southern Taiwan. The turtles were confused by lights coming from nearby hotels so they couldn't find their way to the ocean. They could have died of exhaustion if they didn't make it to the sea. Beach resort employees quickly contacted park officials, and they found 24 green baby sea turtles. The little creatures were inspected for injuries and weighed before they were brought to the ocean. The hotels dimmed their lights, and the baby sea turtles were safely led onto the beach and into the sea.
7: Shirley Lin, RTI News. After a period of wet weather, the skies over Taiwan have largely cleared up, and just in time, too. One of the summer's biggest astronomical events, the Perseids meteor
0: shower, is about to reach its peak. The annual Perseid meteor shower is the result of debris ejected from comet Swift-Tuttle. This year, the meteors are set to peak between 10 p.m. and midnight Taiwan time, with about 100 meteors streaking through the sky per hour. Astronomers say they will be visible to the naked eye in the northeast sky. Meanwhile, meteorologists say that conditions will be good for viewing the meteors in northern Taiwan, with fair conditions in the central region. Large numbers of people are expected to head into the mountains for an even clearer view of the meteors. In preparation, authorities have already put traffic controls in place on Yangmingshan in Taipei. Those hoping to catch a glimpse of the meteors will do well to head out early and beat the crowds. John Ventriest RTI News
7: In Taiwan, international goodwill ambassadors are university students chosen to help ensure that international events run smoothly. Getting into the program is tough, and even those who make it have to go through difficult training. A contest is now underway to find the best of the best.
3: They move around behind the scenes at each National Day celebration, making sure that the show goes ahead as planned and foreign guests are well taken care of. You can see them at plenty of other international events, besides greeting, guiding and assisting visitors from around the world. These are Taiwan's elite goodwill ambassadors. Young people trained to charm, but also to make sure every event they're assigned to is a success. The Chinese Cultural University and the International Goodwill Ambassador Association are coming together in search for the best goodwill ambassadors. Twenty-four participants from universities around Taiwan have been selected to enter the final round, set to be held on August 22nd. In the Goodwill Ambassador Program, good looks alone are not enough. Participants have to practice their smiles every day by clenching down on a stick between their teeth. They must also practice their posture by balancing a book on their heads and trying to walk up without letting it fall off. Being a goodwill ambassador might not be as glamorous as being a celebrity, but you still have to sacrifice a lot to become one. Shirley Lynn RTI News.
2: This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound.
7: Beef noodle soup is an immensely popular dish in Taiwan. Everyone has strong opinions on what makes the soup delicious what their preferred type of noodle is, and even their favorite cut of beef. The Taipei City government has begun holding annual festivals for this national favorite, and this year's event is just a few months away.
8: Taiwanese people love their beef noodle soup, and they're relieved to learn that in spite of COVID-19, Taipei's annual Beef Noodle Soup Festival is still on this year. Every year, vendors and restaurants that sell beef noodle soup can sign up to compete in the contest. Contestants are divided into three groups based on the type of broth they use — clear, braised, or tomato-based. Three winners are then chosen from each group. This year, non-traditional flavors will be joining in the competition. One Japanese chef says he will be using ramen noodles in his beef noodle soup. Meanwhile, another contestant says the restaurant where she works will be entering the competition with dry, tossed noodles instead of a noodle soup. Judges will choose the winners in late October, and the city government will make a map for beef noodle soup aficionados that show where to find the best spots in town for sampling this delicacy. Catherine Wei, RTI News.
7: Late President Li Denghui is known for his contribution to Taiwan's road to democracy. But as an expert in agriculture economics, he also used his retirement years to help advance the local cattle industry. Former President Li Denghui is known for ushering in democracy, but few know about what he has done for Taiwan's animal husbandry industry. This is Li in June 2012 enjoying local beef and helping the cattle industry. He gifted the beef store with two words in calligraphy, honest and natural. The beef store owner says the late president ordered beef from him several times but wouldn't allow them to treat him. Li's research team began raising calves in 2017 and named them Yuanxing after his old residence in Shanji in New Taipei City. Li promised to offer Taiwanese beef that tastes even better than premium Japanese Wagyu beef. The first generation of cattle raised by the team will be tested at the end of the year. If it meets Japanese Wagyu beef standards, Taiwan will be able to offer its own premium beef, thanks to late President Lee. And that's all we have for this week's edition of News Playlist. For Radio Taiwan International, I'm Paula Chow. Bye-bye.
0: Dinner is served. Join Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu as they sample their way through Taiwan's culinary delights. Andrew! I thought we said no more intestines! That's on Feast Meets West. Every Saturday, only on Radio Taiwan International. Radio for Refined Palates.
9: Taiwanese people, Taiwanese society will be very much dealing missed. to the extent that I don't feel I'm leaving Taiwan because I, had, I was so uh, impacted by Taiwan that you, you bring a part of Taiwan in yourself, right, in your heart, you, you bring Taiwan with you anyway, so that that's what, that's what I feel about Taiwan, so what I would miss is this.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's On The Line brought to you by Radio Taiwan International, I'm Carlson Wong. Mr. Bruno DuParc has served as the director of Alliance Francais Taiwan since September 2016, and his term will expire at the end of August this year. Allianz Francais has centers in 135 countries in the world with the aim to promote the French language learning and culture. Mr. Bruno Duparc's next post will be Sri Lanka, and he said he's impressed with the hospitality of the Taiwanese. Even though he's leaving Taiwan, Taiwan will always have a place in his heart. So in a way, he never actually leaves Taiwan. Mr. Bruno Duparc has been posted in many countries in the world, including Australia and Madagascar. And on today's show, Mr. Bruno Duparc will share with us his experience living in Taiwan and in other countries in the world. Mr. Bruno Duparc First of all, tell us again the function of Alliance Française in Taiwan.
9: Uh, okay, okay, Alliance Française in Taiwan is uh, very much uh, similar to all the Alliance Françaises around the world. Uh, similar to the 830 centers we have in all another 135 countries, which is basically to to teach the French language and to promote uh, the French culture and the culture of uh, French-speaking countries. So, therefore, we organize uh, cultural activities. Uh, We have a a library. We uh, uh, prepare sometimes uh, film festivals. uh, And uh, we also work with uh, uh, European countries for a huge event in September. It's called the Speak Dating. This year, unfortunately, for reasons we know it will not happen. But yeah, basically, that's what we do uh, promote the French language and uh, organize cultural activities.
1: And how's French learning today different? Now faced with COVID nineteen,
9: yeah, oh, it does. Okay, as we know, we are extremely, we are the most lucky in the world to be in Taiwan on that on that aspect because because we know that nothing uh, really changed radically, uh, and w- our courses as have been going on absolutely normally throughout the the, the COVID crisis. Uh, I would even add that. Uh, uh, it's even in somehow better than the previous years uh, because of all the students, the Taiwanese students who, who cannot go back to the countries uh, they are supposed to return for their higher studies, whatever, France, Europe, or North America. Uh, so they, they're staying here. And while staying here, they say, OK, why not pick up a bit of French or improve the French I learned a couple of years ago? So we have a, a, a very good uh, summer term. Much better than the previous years once again, so everything is is perfectly fine. We had to adapt of course uh our teaching in the sense that uh in case uh in case everybody was to be confined, we didn't know that in early March right uh we are all on the alert uh we did prepare a platform um with the uh the teachers of the Alliance Francaise, but also with the but French publishers who produce fresh material and this platform this online platform allows our students to join a virtual class uh, They still uh, they can contact their teachers. They can do online Exercises It's totally free. So in other words, uh, we are fully ready in case something happens but we also use this platform to improve uh, the the online the, the the on-site courses with online activities.
1: So there are actually virtual classes going on in other countries where COVID nineteen is very serious.
9: Uh, well, absolutely, and th- th- that's that's the only solution. Uh, I mean, uh, where you have two options where where the confinement has been hard, and this, that's the case of a lot of countries. Uh, you have two options: either you close down the school and you say, okay, students are. Uh, hopefully it won't last much, see you in a few weeks, in a few months, or you say, okay, we're working on something, and uh, after one or two weeks, most of the Alliance Francaise have been producing some, some online activities, including this platform that we, that we all, I mean, most of us, we use. Uh, and that was a necessity, I mean, for the survival of, the, of our associations, um, and the, those who couldn't do that, they are in quite a bad shape now.
1: Bruno, you mentioned earlier that it seems that the number of students in Taiwan has increased as compared to the previous years. So it really seems that COVID nineteen has not impacted alliance France in Taiwan. Would you say that?
9: I can I definitely can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we are uh, we we are the, the happy victim of the COVID. I would say, in the sense, once again, that uh, uh, students they come, they come more of them. They, they, they they take more more classes and uh, because some of them they they are not in a hurry to go back or they simply cannot go back to the country they are supposed to do their higher studies yes so it it does have a positive impact on our activity i would say definitely yeah
1: have you worked with uh, other alliance from say uh, you said that there is uh, 130 centers in about 135 countries in the world to discuss how to cope with covid 19.
9: yeah I mean I mean of course i can 't be in contact with uh, all the eight hundred plus alliance in the world, but definitely in the region with my colleagues and friends we we exchange ideas we have been working a lot on the, on a network basis on online meetings to prepare this platform to give exchange ideas exchange activities that was that was super uh, uh, interesting and super intensive and super nice uh, I would say okay um we have to separate those who have been on hard confinement like in the Philippines uh, or like even in Sri Lanka or like uh, uh, in other countries or like in Thailand and all that uh, uh, compared to those who are not which is very few of them uh, like Japan or in some way Korea. But uh, in Japan let's say the Alliance Francaise are, have been very reactive. They are, they are doing okay I would say. They lost uh, 20 to 25 percent of their students and activity, not more than this, which is a miracle. Because now if we talk about alliance with a, a, a very severe confinement, very strict confinement, sometimes there was, in certain countries, there was a curfew during confinement that was very serious. Uh, now we talk about uh, sometimes more than 50 percent of uh, of. Uh, absence of students therefore absence of activity and some of them they simply decided to say okay we stop the activity and see We in two months therefore they, if they come to zero I mean you know.
1: You're listening to Underline brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Today I'm speaking with Mr. Bruno Duparc, the director of Alliance France Taiwan. But one other impact is that students uh, in Taiwan, for example, will not be able to travel to France to practice the language they learn and experience the culture. Do you uh, also provide another alternative to all these students?
9: Uh, I'm not I'm not sure about that because uh, those who can't, who can't travel to France now, they may be able to travel very, very soon. Um, on the cultural side, uh, things are a bit more complicated because... Of course, we can do online cultural events, but it's quite limited. We can say, okay, we can throw on a few movies, a few documentaries, uh, some theater, some interact. We do uh, have some interactive activities where students can participate and all that, but it's very limited. We talk culture, we talk people, we talk concerts, we talk uh, uh, cinema, cinema hall, we talk exhibitions. And these kind of activities now in Taiwan is is not totally um, banned, but it's kind of getting slow, especially uh, in our center, uh, because we stay uh, in Taita, and we we don't, for all good reasons, we don't have access. We we cannot reopen our library. Uh, That's where we do conferences and uh, and, uh, as well uh, exhibitions. So this part is kind of totally uh, stopped by now. So for the rest of it, well, uh, students here are super lucky. They can still go to the movies in town, in Taipei and in Taiwan, and they will have access to all the French movies that still come on, come in in the country on a regular basis. Uh, so, yeah, I would say uh, alternative. It's hard to organize really on the cultural side, uh, but at least uh, the Taiwanese are much luckier than others because they still have access to culture and to
1: French culture. Bruno, we know that you are leaving Taiwan soon and you've been working at uh, Allianz Française in different countries in the world, in Madagascar, yeah. in Australia and now in Taiwan and uh, you're leaving Taiwan very soon. Tell us about your experience working in different countries.
9: Well, I, it's, I mean, I'm, I have a dream life. I mean, uh, it's uh, like uh, opening a beautiful new chapter every time and uh, Unfortunately, even if the story is super good and super interesting and and fantastic, like in Taiwan, that Taiwan is my 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 best time. I'm not telling this to you because we're in Taiwan. This is simply very true, honestly true. Uh, the really good things have uh, has an end. So so yes, we we close chapters. We start a new one. It's a new challenge every time, and uh, that's that's probably what I like. This kind of uh, a movement and. Uh, 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 in life all the time. So that's uh, that's, what I, that's what I like. This, totally, this life is meant for me. I, that's what I, I enjoy in life, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So where's your next destination?
9: The next destination was my first choice, and it's also another island. It's uh, uh, also in Asia. It's Sri Lanka.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, after living in Taiwan for, uh, let's say, a period of time, what are you going to miss the most?
9: The most? The most I will miss from Taiwan is the Taiwanese. From far, I mean, you can go to any country in the world. If you don't have this connection with the people, it's uh, you won't have a great a great time. Uh, you need to have this connection with the people. You know the I would say the human landscape is so much more interesting than the physical one. Uh, I, I, and I will miss the Taiwanese so much, you know, uh, that, that's for sure, because we feel uh, so uh, welcome, uh, people are so friendly, uh, it's a super safe country, people are so helpful, you, you, you have a little headache, people will help you to fix your problem. It's so, so nice. I mean, um, where on earth can you find this? I don't know any other country like this. So yes, the Taiwanese people, Taiwanese society will be very much dearly missed. To the extent that I don't feel I'm leaving Taiwan because I had I was so uh, impacted by Taiwan that you you bring a part of Taiwan in yourself, right, in your heart. You you bring Taiwan with you, anyways. So that that's what that's what I feel about Taiwan. So what I will miss is this, with knowing that I will not miss what I'm bringing along, if you know what I mean. probably.
1: Now, a couple of questions with quick answers. What is your favorite place in Taiwan?
9: Well, uh, I love Taipei, for sure. I mean, that's an easy answer. Uh, Besides Taipei, um, we really, really enjoy going uh, on the islands. We just came back from Mazu. uh, That was absolutely amazing um, because of the nature, because of the authenticity. uh, And uh, we also enjoy very much Penghu. Uh, Charlie Ocho, um, we like on the main island we like to go to uh to Tong, um, uh, because it's also a quiet and natural spot uh of course taroko and the mountains. i mean everywhere is so fascinating i discovered recently really the northern coast which is absolutely gorgeous but uh, it was so close to so i was okay let's do it later we have a lot of time to do it but it's absolutely fascinating
1: yes what yeah. do you like about the summer in taiwan do you like it or hate it?
9: Well, yeah. I mean, it's okay. We just uh, we have to adapt to it, I guess, and uh, we have just have to adapt to it because it's uh, that's how it is, and it's okay. I mean, uh, honestly, it's it's very okay. We just go to the by the sea. You get a bit of uh, sea breeze, and that's that's very that's very fine. You see, so no, it's 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 perfectly okay to me, honestly, uh, and uh, yeah, it's. it's okay mm-hmm. once again I've been in Asia for like 30 years I've been in these super hot countries and uh, and well I, I, I feel more adapted to this region than to my own uh, European region
1: mm-hmm. so I wish you the best of luck as you embark on another endeavor uh, yeah to Sri Lanka and uh, thank you very much uh, for your friendship for everything that you have oh, done for Taiwan
9: <laughs> thank you for your support and Carlson it was very nice to meet you and uh, and I hope to see you one day.
1: Yes, I hope or, so too. Thank you very all, much, all the Bruno. I'll to
9: you too. Thank you, you so much. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: And that was our interview with Mr. Bruno DuPart, the director of Orleans Francais Taiwan. Mr. Bruno Dupart has served as the director since September 2016, and he's leaving very soon. And that's it for this week's On The Line, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week in Thailand. Goodbye.